0: Let's get started today. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 4 is where we're going to be going. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried to share Jesus, to start one of those spiritual conversations, and yet it was hard? Have you ever tried that, and it's extremely hard and very difficult? Yes. And you kind of stumbled through it. Um, A few years ago, there was a Nike commercial and advertising marketing campaign that they set out, and they used a word that it caught my attention. It actually said, Witness. And they started putting it on t- uh, T-shirts, and they put it all over. You saw it even on commercials. Do you remember the commercials? And what their goal was is that part of the marketing was that you would watch one of the great players play basketball, that you would witness, that you would see, whether you'd go to a game or maybe you would go. you would watch it on TV, and you would be a part of the experience, and you would see the brilliance of this basketball player perform, and then you would go out and tell others. And to use the word witness, it caught my attention because it's basketball. It was sports. And yet, when it comes to talking about sports, it's pretty easy. It's very common. It's, it's, it's easy just to start those conversations. Hey, did you see the game last night? Hey, did you see the game this weekend? We just have those conversations. But as soon as we start talking about Jesus, uh-oh, hello, right? As soon as we mention that name, or we just have that inclination, I need to say something about Jesus, we get nervous, we get scared, our palms start sweating, our, we just break out in a cold sweat, our heart's racing, and we're not really sure how to even start. And so what we do is we go through that anxiety, and we never say anything. Starting a conversation is extremely hard. And it's really hard when you have different perspectives. Have you ever noticed that you are not always the one who's Right? Hmm? Have you ever noticed that other people have different perspectives? Yeah, they do. And that makes conversations extremely hard. I I came across this story. Now, on the internet, it said it was true. It said it was actual. And then I saw also some other places that said it wasn't true. So if it's true, great. If it's not true, I'm telling you that up front. It could not be true as well, all right? So if it's not true, it's still a great story, to get us started on differences as we have a conversation, different perspectives. You ready? Here's what it says. This is a transcript of a radio conversation between a U.S. Navy ship and the Canadian authorities off the coast of Newfoundland in October 1995. The Americans on over the radio say, "Please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision." The Canadians responded, "Recommend you divert your course." 15 degrees to the south, to avoid a collision. The Americans promptly replied, This is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship, and I say again, divert your course. The Canadians responded, This is a seaman in the Royal Canadian Navy, and I say again, divert your course. The Americans responded, This is the aircraft carrier USS Lincoln. The second largest ship in the United States, Atlantic Fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course 15 degrees to the north. That's one five degrees north, or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. The Canadians responded, this is a lighthouse, your choice. (laughs) That's great, isn't it? It's all a matter of perspective. You have a perspective, and they have a perspective. And here's what's really, really tough. You have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and He's made a difference in your life. He's made an incredible difference. You've experienced firsthand the love and the grace of God Almighty you have been redeemed your life has been broken you've experienced being separated from god and god has radically moved and worked in your life and you can't wait to share it and here's the problem the person on the other side they have a completely different perspective of god they haven't experienced god as a good god they haven't even really understood church as being a positive place So how are you and them going to have a conversation when you have completely different perspectives? And that's what we want to talk about today. John chapter 4 is a famous passage. It's a passage that has been used in children's church. It's been a passage that you have studied, you have heard preached. It's been used in apologetic conferences. I mean, it is one of the most famous passages in the New Testament. And here's what I simply want to do today. You know the story more than likely. You've heard the story or maybe even heard a reference to it. But I would like to just walk you through starting spiritual conversations. it's something that Jesus did. It's something that Jesus did with this woman at the well. And he does it so softly yet pointedly. And he does it in such great, it's just, it's just a brilliant move. And here's what I want to encourage you to be able to do. When you leave today, when you leave this week, for this week, maybe as school starts back up for you students, for maybe that God would give you the courage to walk through and talk to people the way Jesus talked to this woman at the well. To start a spiritual conversation. And who knows where God will take it, but to actually to have the courage to start the conversation. John chapter 4, would you please stand for the reading of God's word. Here's what the Bible says. We're going to read in verse 1. And it was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I am thankful for this day. I am thankful for the opportunity, together with other believers, to sing, to praise, and to worship the God of gods, the King of kings. And here we are today now as we dive into this moment. I pray that as we look into your word, that God, your Holy Spirit, would have freedom to move and to work. God, I don't know what you want to accomplish, but I know this, that when your word is open, that God, you're expecting people to respond. So give us the ears to hear. God, help us to focus in. And God, I pray that when we hear, that we would apply it to our lives, and when we walk away from this place, God, I'm praying that you would give us encourage, the courage to apply to our lives and to live out what you're asking us to do today in Jesus precious name I pray and all God's people said amen Amen. thank you. you may be seated all right so I'm going to give you some points you're going to have your outline there in your bulletin so you can start working through this start starting spiritual conversations in order to start spiritual conversations you must go to where people are at you must go to where people are at It sounds incredibly simple, but watch what Jesus does here in verse 4. Verse 3, he says he needs to leave, and he needs to travel from the south up to the north. And if you're going to travel in Israel from the south to the north, the quickest way is to actually go through Samaria. But the problem is this, is that Jews would not travel through Samaria. Samaria was considered one of those bad places. Those people were unclean, unholy. They were impure And so, instead of going through Samaria, you'd go around Samaria, either to the east or to the west, but either way, you would not go through Samaria. And here's what Jesus says, I need to go to the north, but before I do that, I need to go through Samaria. And here's one of the hardest things for us as Christians. God is actually calling us not to just separate ourselves from the world, but he calls us to go into the world. He actually calls us to leave where we're at and he says, go into the world. Now, here's where it gets hard. As Christians, we start getting our Christian friends and we start getting people that we like to hang out with. We have our small groups. We have our Sunday school classes. We have our church that we hang out with. And hopefully, we even try to find jobs where we actually get to be around Christians. And so what we do is we begin to isolate ourselves and we have this holy huddle where we never have to talk to those people, those heathen. Hello? And here's the point. We are called to go to where the people are at. You're going, Heath, you just don't understand. I work around Christians all the time. It's just, it's just my life. And I'll sit back and I'll say this to you. Welcome to my world. I have to work with Christians all the time. Hello. Man, I do counseling with people who are Christians. They come into my office, Christians. I go to the hospitals Christians it's just Christians everywhere it almost gets frustrating that I'm working with so many Christians right so what do I have to do I actually have to plan and I have to work through the conversation to say okay Heath where is God wanting me to go and I have to go to where people are at so that means I'm going to go so I have to start making extra efforts I have to go okay now I have to have some more coffee. Now I need some sweet tea. Now I have to start, start talking to people in the grocery line. My, my family, they make fun of me because I, when I walk out of a store, I can tell you a lot of times, hey, did you know that person served in the army? Hey, did you know that person just got it back from their vacation? And they're going, who is that person? How long have you known them? I know you know, five minutes. I, I mean, we just have these conversations. So I have to go and I have to find ways in which I have to get, hello, out of my comfort zone. I have to get out of my comfort zone. And you're going, well, Heath, come on. I, I, I just, I, it's, it's so hard. It is hard. And you actually have to think about getting out of your comfort zone. Now, some of you are going, Heath, man, my, my line of work is completely different. I'm not surrounded by Christians. I'm around those heathen all the time. And, man, it, you're just praying and you're asking God, God, get me out of this environment. Get me out of this school. Get me away from all these people who don't like you. And You ready? Maybe, just maybe, God has called you to be a missionary and you didn't even realize it. Maybe God has put you in that school. Maybe God has placed you in that job. Maybe God has put you there because He needs a light to share the gospel with that group of people. So maybe instead of being so frustrated, maybe what we need to be saying is thank God for this opportunity He's placed in front of me because I get to be around people who don't know Jesus Christ. We have to go. It sounds simple, but Jesus said, do you see that in verse 4? I have to go. I had to go. It's his mission. He had to stop doing the normal in order to do something different so that he could have a spiritual conversation. And maybe for you and maybe for me, what we have to do is stop doing our normal, and we actually have to go to where people are at. Look at the next part of the verse. Here's what happens. He now, he, he goes, he sits down by a well, he's tired And now there's an interaction. A woman comes out, and she comes out, and it's around noon. It's the sixth hour. It's around noon. It's the middle of the day. Here's what's strange about that. You ready? Women typically would go in the morning in the cool of the day, to go down and get the water, and they would stand around, and they would talk with each other, and they would get all the latest gossip from the town, how's your family? I mean, it was just one of those great mornings. Every morning, the ladies would would come down, get the water, before they would start the day, and after they got the water, the water would be supplied for the rest of the day. They wouldn't make multiple trips. And this lady, she's coming not during the time of conversation. She's coming when she could be isolated and set apart and set away. Something's going on. So here's your next point. You ready? Your next point is this. If you're going to start spiritual conversations, you need to find common points of interest. Find common points of interest. So here's what happens. There's a lady who comes out. Jesus is sitting by the well. His disciples go into town to get food, and Jesus is sitting there, and he simply starts the conversation, and he says, can I have a drink of water, please? Could you draw some water for me? He had nothing to draw, which you're going to find out in a minute. He had nothing to draw, so he asked the woman who has something to draw he asked her for a drink common points of interest they begin to start talking about water the common things the simple things he uses something so ordinary have you ever thought about getting to a spiritual conversation from just water last time you went to the water fountain did you think okay God how are we going to start talking about God from here you don't stand around the water fountain thinking, man, that's a beautiful water fountain. Let's start talking about God. It just doesn't work, does it? No, come on. So here we are. Jesus says, I, need, I want to talk about water. And so he uses common points. So here's how, here's how it works. If you're going to start a conversation with somebody, you have to find out what they're interested in. You have to look at, and you might even start, maybe they're reading a book. Hey, what book are you reading? A common point of interest. Well, this is what the book is. You could even, guys, I know it's weird, you could even compliment shoes and get a conversation started. Right, ladies? Hello. Come on, ladies, don't leave me high and dry. You know it's true. You, you compliment somebody's dress, you compliment somebody's attire. Hey, where'd you get that shirt? And all of a sudden, the conversation changes. Okay, guys, if you want to talk about really a fun topic, you just bring up politics and see what happens. Man, hey, what do you think is going on in Israel, Israel right now? Is it good, bad? What do you think? Boom, conversation. Start talking about sports. Boom, conversation starts happening. Start a common interest point. It's simple, and we can do it usually pretty easily because it doesn't take much time, but here's what you're going to have to do. In just a moment, we're going to make a transition, but you have to get the conversation started. You're not trying to be a salesman. You're not trying to be sleazy. All you're simply doing is starting the conversation. Jesus talks about water. Water. Well, Heath, I don't know a whole lot about anything. Join the club. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't even have to even understand what's going on. All you simply have to do is be willing to ask questions. You see, I I know very little about very little. I don't know a whole lot. But here's what I do know. I know how to ask a question. And when you get people talking, they will talk about themselves every time. All you have to do, so what's going on in your life? What's happening in your life? You're going, Heath, that doesn't happen. Man, it happens to me in lines. It happens to me at stores. It happens to me at gas stations. I can get them talking about who knows what. All I have to do is get them talking about them. And if they don't want to talk about them, there's usually something going on in society that I can get them talking about. And it's just starting a conversation so that you're interacting with them. And Jesus uses something so simple. You know the story, and you're jumping ahead, and you're thinking, oh, oh, yeah, I know where he's going to go. He's going to take water, and we're going to talk about spiritual. I, I hear you, but he used something so common, water. So here's what happens. Watch. So the woman says this. A woman from Samaria, he says, give me a drink. Verse 8, the disciples had gone away. Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? This is one of my favorite parts. You start a spiritual conversation, and when you start a spiritual conversation and you avoid stereotypes and you break stereotypes, here's what happens. All of a sudden, they begin to ask questions. Why are you talking to me? Why are you doing this for me? When I was a student pastor, um, the the schools were were a little bit more open, so I could go into the public schools, and here's what one of the fun things were. I, I would take 10... Pizzas, large pizzas. And I'd come into the school, I'd tell the students, hey, at this school, hey, we're coming in at this day, and I'm gonna bring pizzas, you just invite your friends. So I'd come in, bring 10 pizzas, and I'd set it down. And the students, at first, they would all start asking, how much does it cost? Nothing. Do I have to go to your church? No. You're just giving pizza? Yeah. Why? Just because. We want you to know as a church, we love you. But you're weird. And then they'd take a bunch of pizza. Man, they would just wipe that pizza out, but it it just started conversations. And when you start asking questions, and when you start doing random acts of kindness, here's what it's going to do. You're going to start breaking stereotypes, and they're going to ask the question, why are you being nice to me? Now watch. Now we get into this lady's background. Now you start thinking about who this lady is. She's a woman. She's a Samaritan woman. And she says, "You're, you're a guy. First of all, you're not even supposed to be talking to me. Women were viewed as property. You you shouldn't even be talking to me. Second of all, you're a Jew, and Jews can't stand us. You think we're dogs. Why are you talking to me? Why are you being nice? Why are you starting a conversation? And Jesus says, I have something that you need. So if you're going to avoid stereotypes, break the stereotypes. You start breaking stereotypes, and you start walking through. Now, here's the problem. Every one of us, we have stereotypes, and if we would get real honest with ourselves, it would allow you to talk to more people and bring Jesus into the conversation if we would just simply back down and say, I'm not going to go there. You're going, Heath, I don't really have stereotypes. Okay, the last time you pulled up to an intersection and somebody came and knocked on your window for money, what did you do? What is your thought? If you would get a job, you wouldn't be in this situation. Hello? All, we have these stereotypes and we look across people and we say, well, I can't talk to them, they're Catholic. I can't talk to them, they're, they're Muslim. I can't talk to them, they, they're an atheist. And we, we step back and we, we don't engage the conversation because we have this stereotype that we can't do it and so we don't ever cross those lines. And Jesus stepped across the line just to engage. Well, they won't respond to me. I mean, look who I am. They won't respond to me. They need somebody else to... Cross the stereotype with kindness and questions, and you'll be amazed at what happens. Okay, Heath, what what kind of questions should I ask? Because the next part, here's here's what happens in the next part. Jesus does an amazing switch, verse 10. Jesus answered her, and he says, if you knew the gift I have, who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask of him. And he would give you living water. Now here's what Jesus does. You start the conversations. And you're starting conversations. You're interacting with them. You're avoiding stereotypes. You're working through it. Now Jesus does something so amazing. He actually moves from the common, the ordinary, the point of interest. And he moves to actually bringing up the topic of God. This is where we get scared, isn't it? To make the transition. How do we bring God up in the conversation? I mean, we're talking politics. How do you bring God into the conversation? I mean, you're already at one place that you're not ever supposed to be talking about. Well, just simply bring it up. So you're talking about politics, you're talking about Israel, and then you simply, just simply move God into the conversation. So what do you think? Do you think God, should we keep God out of the conversation, or should we keep God in? Do you think God actually belongs in politics or not? You're going to, it'll be exciting. Explosions might happen in the conversation, but it it brings God in. You could even be talking about sports. Man, you can be talking about sports, you can be talking about the Cowboys, and it might be simply, God help us this year, right? Or you could be talking about, you know, Tony Romo, he fumbles a ball, and you simply say, well, I, I know somebody who never fumbles a ball, God. Nah, that was cheesy. You don't have to do that. I was kidding. <laughs> but you start bringing God into the conversation. How do you bring God into the conversation? It can be simply started, start off with a, con- they ask you how you're doing, you simply say, I'm blessed. It's an amazing statement, I'm blessed. Let me give you some questions that I use to help bring God into the conversation. I like the one that the guy just used a minute ago on the video, are you a follower of Jesus Christ, simply asking, what do you think about Jesus? I like conversations that you get feedback, what do you think about Jesus? I like another question like this, um, what do you think about church? That's a hot topic. What do you think about church? You're going to get all kinds of feedback. You'll get all kinds of information. What do you think about God? Do you ever think about spiritual things? These are conversations that are, man, you can just simply slide that in and you just ask that question. Where are you at? You're not doing anything else but still asking questions, which you were doing before, and now you're asking these questions. There's a book out right now. There's a movie out. It's called Heaven's for Real. What do you think about that? Do you think Heaven's for Real? It's it's so simple to use the conversation and just turn it just a little bit and ask them another question without even going. Do you ever go to church? I go to church. just, Just ask them the questions. Another question that comes up is, why do you think bad things happen? Be ready for that one. That's a great question. But when there's tragedy, when there's things that go wrong, when their life is falling apart, simply asking, why do you think bad things happen? And it opens up the door for you to begin to start the spiritual conversation. You see, Jesus does something amazing. He's talking to her, and he's building rapport, and he's coming at, with her. He's not coming at her like he's hitting her over the head. Have you ever experienced a person hitting them, you know, getting hit over the head with a Bible? But Jesus comes, and it's, he's coming alongside her and just simply having a conversation. Most of the time, why we reject witnessing is because we think the model is is that we have to cram this down their throat. And that's never been the case. Jesus simply comes alongside. He's asking her questions. Now watch what he does. Living water, verse 11. So now she says, sir, you don't even have anything to pull out the water. You're crazy. You can't do that. And Jesus, she said, plus, are you even greater than the one who built the well? This is Abraham... Jacob, Isaac, all those people. This is, he act, they built the well. Jacob built this well. All of his people. Are you greater than Jacob? Now here's what's fun. Now she's asking him questions. And she's asking spiritual questions back. You see this? She's asking the questions and she's wanting to know. Wait a minute, I don't understand. Verse 13. Jesus then continues to talk about thirst. He talks about water. And he talks about, he has something that's going to satisfy her. And then she says, sir, give me this water. Here's, in starting the conversation and having spiritual conversations, when you start asking questions and you find that when you ask questions, they're asking questions back, it's a green light to keep going. Now listen, I want to help you. I've been around people and I've even been in seminars where they talk how to witness to people, and they say, when you say this, shake your head up and down. And, and I, I mean, they gave you all kinds of sales pitch, and I want to help you. No one can get saved. Listen, no one can ever trust Jesus Christ unless the Holy Spirit has first worked in their heart and soul. Did you catch that? So if the Holy Spirit is already working in their heart, when you start asking spiritual questions, when you start asking about the Bible, all of a sudden, your green light is when they start asking more questions, then they start getting more concerned. and As they start asking more questions, you know the Holy Spirit's doing a work in their life. If they're not asking questions and they're not wanting to go forward, you don't have to slam down and say your blood's on your hands. I had a friend, I kid you not, we were in in college together, seminary, and I was working at MCI WorldCom. Uh, That was a place where you got to call people and call them up on the phone and try to sell them insurance it was i mean not insurance long distance phone calling mci att we're in competition it was a beautiful gig man it was fun you get to aggravate people right at dinner time i mean you you planned it you had you know you have videos when are they sitting down at the table just kidding you didn't but so we're in this and there's this cubicle area and and my friend i had been i had been witnessing to him and i've been talking to him and been i mean he was asking questions and it was so much fun Because we were asking questions and he was really, we were getting there. And then I went to break. And this would have been a several week process of just asking questions, answering questions, and then backing off and not doing much else. And then asking questions the next day and him coming back and saying, hey, what about this? And it had been several weeks. And then I had this other friend who I I think he, he thought he was, you know, Batman or something, you know. And so he comes in and I had went to break, came back. And when I came back, he's talking to this guy. And all of a sudden, I was just, oh, no, this is not good. And he actually did exactly what I just said. He got to the end. He said, if you don't trust Jesus Christ, he said, your blood, the blood, your blood is on your hands. And he slammed his hand down. <sighs> and that friend never wanted to talk about Jesus again. And so here's what I want to show you. What Jesus does here is beautiful because as he's talking to her, She starts asking questions, and she says, I want what you have, and here's what I know about every person in this room. Here's what I know about me, ready? Here's something I know about humanity. We all have cravings and desires, and we're seeking something to satisfy us at our deepest needs. Every teenager, every man, every woman, every boy, girl, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter who I talk to. I know without a doubt that they're seeking pleasure, they're seeking happiness, and they're seeking something to satisfy And so no matter what we start on, no matter what conversation we have, at the end of the day, I know that I have something that will satisfy them at their deepest heart value, their core. And so what I need to do is this. I need to be asking questions, and all along, why we put names in this box? It doesn't mean, if you come over here and you put a name in here, it doesn't mean that they're automatically going to get saved, okay? But what it does mean is this, is that we as a church are committing to pray for those names. And when we pray for those names, what we're asking is we're asking the Holy Spirit to go before us doing a work in their lives so they begin to crave and desire something that will satisfy. So that when we come along and start talking about Jesus Christ, we can point them that he's the only one that satisfies. Does that make sense? Come on, that's that's good. And so when he asks the question, she now comes back and she says, that's what I want. So here we go. So now she says, I want what you have. Now we have, in verse 16, now we have a difference in worship. So what you have to do as you start spiritual conversations, you're going to have to define what true worship is. She starts asking questions. She says, okay, so I I hear you. I hear that we're supposed to do this. And so Jesus says, I want you to go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, you answered right. You actually have had five husbands. And the one you're living with now is is not even your husband. So what Jesus begins to do, is he begins to show sin and the brokenness and how that her life is not really all together. You see, someone cannot accept Jesus Christ until they realize that their life has fallen apart and broken. If they're all perfect and they don't need Jesus, they don't need Jesus, they're not gonna get saved. So Jesus takes her to this point and he says, let's just talk about your life and where it's at. And so she says, yeah, you're right. I perceive you're a prophet. You're an amazing man if you know this about me. And so Jesus continues, and now she starts asking even deeper spiritual questions. She says, Are we supposed to worship over here in Samaria? Or are we supposed to worship over there? What are we supposed to do? And when you start sharing the gospel, when you start getting to the point, and they start asking questions, it can be easy to go down this road. And they start, and maybe they ask questions like, Should I be a Catholic? Should I be a Baptist? Should I be charismatic? Does it even matter? And they can you can start getting into questions about when is Jesus supposed to be coming back? Is he pre mill pre trib? Is he post trib? And you can get on all kinds of weird questions. And here's what I want to help you. Ready? You can even get into a point of asking. They could ask questions. Well, do I have to stop sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend? Well, if I go? If I if I if I trust Jesus? If I start and they're going to start asking questions about. Well, can I get drunk? Does that mean I have to give up drinking? And they're gonna get, you might even get into, well, what about homosexuality? Can I still be a homosexual? And you're going to get into all kinds of deep weeds. And here's 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 the tactic. Here's what Satan does. He would rather get you talking about the deep weeds and all those side topics instead of talking about Jesus Christ as a Messiah. And your point, what Jesus does is he beautifully intertwines. And he says, "You're right. There's there is a difference between where you worship and where we worship." He tells her the truth. It comes from the Jews. They worship correctly, but it's in spirit and truth. And Jesus points her to, there's a much larger thing coming. It's about Jesus, and it's about his death, and it's about worshiping God in spirit and truth. And we need to get there. And here's what she says at the end. You ready? So the woman says, I know that the Messiah is coming. And what does he say in verse 26? I am him. You can answer some of the side questions, but don't get so caught up in the deep weeds. Because here's, here, here it is. You ready? It's not about the style of clothes they wear. It's not about the hair. It's not about anything else. It's about getting them to Jesus. All the rest of things, everything else in their life will be taken care of after you get them to Jesus. Does that make sense? Get them there. Go to Jesus first. And then we can talk about it. He's the Messiah. He's the one who saves. And that's where we have to go. And so Jesus takes her there. The disciples do something funny. They come back and they... John writes this. Now, he's a disciple, and he writes it. And he says, we came back, and our mouths dropped open wide. We were kind of shocked that Jesus was talking to the woman, but we didn't say this out loud. I love that. We didn't say this out loud, but they're shocked, and they're confused. The woman goes back, and she tells the whole city. Now, you and I know, you and I know that we're supposed to share the gospel. We know that. 80%, we, we did a statistic last week, 80% of church members Church members did not share their faith at all last year. Think about it even in high school. How many kids even want to talk about Jesus Christ? Right? It's hard. So we don't talk about it. We know we're supposed to. So why don't we? And then we get to this point of, okay, now we need to start these spiritual conversations. We're not really sure what's going to happen. And we get afraid. What if they reject us? What if they don't accept? And we get, we get so lost in everything and we forget about getting them to Jesus. There's a video I would like to show you. It takes about four minutes. This video is from a guy who is an atheist. Penn and Tiller, maybe some of you know who they are. Um, They're magicians. Um, He's given a Bible, and he talks about this experience. So I just want to share this with you because I think it's fascinating. Dr. Murado uh, introduced me to this video. I think it's fascinating to help us finish today's message. So would you go ahead and play this?
1: I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show, and at the end of the show, uh, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we uh, we talk to folks and, you know, sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big Guy, probably about my age. Big Guy. And, um... He had been the um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so we had the props from that in his hand because we'd give those away. He had the the joke book and the, and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, I, uh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said... Um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show, and I liked it, I wanted, and he was very complimentary about my use of language, and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff, no reason to go into it, but he said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you, and he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition um, I thought I said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament, little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, "I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this." I'm kind of uh, proselytizing, and then he said, "I'm a businessman." getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, and atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself, uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like to show and so on, and then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man, and... Uh, That's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave you that book. That's all I wanted to say.
0: You ask a question. How much do you have to hate someone to not share? If you really believe that there's a heaven and a hell, That's a hard statement, isn't it? We have the good news. We have Jesus Christ. You see, the disciples, when they came back, they saw this woman, and they're shocked. They're shocked that Jesus is talking to her. I don't know what stereotypes, I mean, these are the disciples. I don't know what stereotypes you need to break. I don't know what what it looks like. Maybe you're saying, maybe I need to cross over, and I need to actually share. Somebody, somewhere, God has put in your life, there are people around you, and you're going, Heath, I don't have any names. You start praying, and you start writing it down, and maybe that's what you write on the card. God, help me to have one, two, three, four names to write down. Church, this should be part of our passion when we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. If you love people, it's a simple conversation. You don't have to be mean. And I, Lord, help, help us understand, we're not looking to have mean conversations. Just honest, truthful, caring, loving conversations that simply say, I love you enough to actually have this conversation. I love you enough, I want to have this conversation. So at some point, We're going to have this conversation. Help us. We need to have this conversation. Here we go. What do you think? And you start working through it. Jesus, the reason people were able to respond to him, there were some who hated him. There are also many who responded, and the reason they responded was because Jesus cared enough to walk with them instead of going at them. So here's what I'm going to ask. Every head bowed, every eye closed, would you begin to write the names of those people that are on your card? Begin to pray for them. Write those names down. Began asking God to work in their lives. To start those spiritual conversations. Ask God to start giving you the courage. That the Holy Spirit would start working in their lives. If you don't have a name, just write on there, I don't have a name, but I'm praying that God would give me a name. Let's start praying for them now. Heavenly Father, you know the names that you're bringing to our minds. I'm praying that you would help us. I'm praying that, God, you would give us the courage to start those spiritual conversations. That, God, you would help us to ask questions, to help us be able to break those stereotypes. And, God, I pray that you'd help us to even have wisdom on how to bring you into the conversation. God, for those who do not have a name, I pray that you would burden our hearts and that, God, you would give us a name over the next few weeks, whether it's somebody we just run into at the store, maybe it's somebody that we see at where we work out, God, maybe it's at the schools, wherever it's at, God, I pray that you'd move and you'd work.